millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk. Tell a friend. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, the Russell Talk community, the Russell Talk universe, Russell Talkers, one and all. How are you, Oliver Davis? How did you find today's show? I really enjoyed it. Uh, like we said before we came in, we always kind of tread the fantasy booking warfare episodes because they require the most work. Like this is because it's a competition element. Uh, there's a lot of creativity that goes into it's it. It's exhausting. It is. It's not like we're being judged on whether we got a match prediction right, which we can usually say like, yeah, but then they did the the wrong finish, you know? That's we got an out. But this one, we're putting a lot of heart into these very long stories. And sometimes it's very stressful because you and I uh as we said in the uh, in the episode that we give ourselves 24 hours to kind of mm. write them, but then we only really do it in like sort of the last hour or so before we come in to record. But we always just sit there like I've been stressing out all morning because I could not find an in for yeah. this week's episode and I find that I had that with Bobby Roos one as well I couldn't find, once you got that in though once oh, yeah. you found it that's when you can uh, you, you get a little extra and then it's when you're like oh okay now I can find it and you find a rhythm and you find your flow it's a stressful few hours trying to find that in but once you find that in these these are amongst the favourite things we do oh absolutely yeah as soon, as soon as I finish up yeah. my fantasy booking warfare and I, you said the same thing it's like I dread doing them but once I've finished it I can't wait to record yeah. So uh, we'll we'll, uh, do some quick iTunes reviews and then we can get straight into those epic fantasy booking moments. And first up we have from the Maharaj. You've got to do it properly. How how, are you, how do you? I can't roll my R's. Can you not? No. The Maharaja. That's pretty good. Thanks, I man. can I can weirdly I can purr, but I can't roll my purr? R's. Oh my god! Yeah, hello. Yeah, it's sexy, isn't it? That is sexy. It's it's kind of like the Roy Orbison bit in uh Pretty Woman. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how. That's the reason I learned it. I was like, I want to do that. Uh, but the Maharaja right? <laughs> smart way to get five stars. You guys are awesome. I'd love to see a fantasy booking episode for a Miz face turn. Jeez, I think it's really difficult to do since he's always been a heel. That's not true. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cheers, yeah, Maharaja. Top pop. Sorry, do apologize. <laughs> Uh, that's not true. Miz does have a uh, face run. In 2011, 
he was um, the Nature Boy Ric Flair's protege. That's when he started doing the figure four. Oh and they were God. pushing him as like plucky underdog uh, uh, babyface Miz. And it got over like a bag of rocks. It was just absolutely awful. He just has a face. He is a heel. Yeah. And that's why I, you're right, Maharaja. That would be very difficult to do because I think it would be impossible to turn the Miz babyface. I mean, that's why it's such a good challenge, isn't it? If, if we can find that in, that elusive yeah. in we just talked about. But wow, there's something about the Miz. He's just like he he is obviously very great behind the scenes. I love the guy. Like the stuff he you always see him in the kids' stuff when they yeah. do those little video packages and him so and awesome, just yeah. look wicked. Uh and he's such a good talker. I love watching him on TV. But he does have a face that just makes me want to go, you prick. <laughs> you smarmy prick. Because they brought him in as a baby face as well. When he first debuted, he was in as a babyface because that was when he was like, oh, people will recognise him from the yeah. real world. He's a celebrity. People will definitely cheer him. And people did not cheer him, especially because you've got JBL on commentary asking for him to die. I, I, I would argue that over half of wrestling fans are of my disposition, where if, if WWE says, you should like this guy, we're going to go, Nah, I don't yeah. want to do that now. It's interesting. So as well. that, that's yeah, they, they always make that mistake. I wonder if that'll happen as well because you've got the uh, the the tease currently of the the the, the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. Whether or not the uh, the UFC four horsewomen mm. will come in and will just be instantly they're insta heels because I don't see how they because, can't be. because they're invading onto our territory. Yeah. Especially and I, and I suppose they would be especially because Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha were all baby faces, mm. so they they could not be the heels. But WWE are the sort of company. That would bring them in being like, oh my God, look, at these are outside stars that want to come play with us. They're definitely baby faces. Look, Dave Bautista coming back as from a big movie star. Everyone's going to love seeing him. Especially if we do it over Daniel Bryan, the guy that everyone's <laughs> organically got behind. Exactly. Uh, I think if because it looks like they are going to do it. They just have to do a kind of invasion, make them, make them cool heels. Yeah. So people like the MMA people, they're running through the crowd, interfering in women's yeah. matches. Especially like Shayna Baszler, because she just looks mean. She does. I mean, she does look like a grown-up version of Lil from Rugrats. But she is, But she is, she's got a mean old face on her. She's great. We also have YoungK420, who says, hashtag push one the rolly. And hashtag swaft. YouTube or a podcast, you guys are just amazing. The only podcast I've never been bored of. Give us time, young K. Give us time. <laughs> you guys are really funny and not all the time serious, which I believe is why you guys rock. Keep rocking. It's the gift of Ollie and Luke. Keep listening on, man. Woo! Woo! Cheers, young K420. Young K420. I immediately prefer any review that lets me do a, a Chris Jericho line. Yep. Because he's got so many. He, I mean, that was the great thing about Jericho's debut when he came in in 99. He came in, like, and his opening promo was just filled with about five or six catchphrases. And it really was a promo that was just like, you got to listen to these because I'm going to do them again next week and you got to cheer a chance along with them. Mm. He was a very, very smart man. He's, uh, he's new. I really want to read his new book, which I don't know if it's out yet. Mm. Definitely doing the promotion. But it's uh, no. Do you know the title? No. It's uh, called No is a four letter word. Oh, yeah. How I succeeded in life and failed at spelling. Yes. Which is very, very funny. Yeah. He's a great writer. All three of his books are fantastic. Not just like really super interesting, but mm. so well written. 
I, I'm a real big fan of that particular style of writing. A funny story um, about that, actually. My uh, my friend Ross, who co-wrote Bob Holly's autobiography, The Hardcore Truth, which actually, if you've not read it, it's, uh, and I'm not talking directly to you, I'm talking to the, the podcast listeners, if you've not read it, it's a fantastic book. And I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of mine. It's very, very good. And he's actually just revealed that he's going to be writing Al Snow's autobiography, which is also quite exciting. But he was uh, talking to Bob Holly about Jericho's second book. Because there's a story in Jericho's second book where Bob Holly chewed out um, Santino Morella and said that he's one of the worst people he's ever been in the ring with. And Jericho tells the story in his book. And Ross asked Bob about it. And Bob was like, I don't remember that at all. I just do not remember that story. He goes, I mean, it probably happened, but I just do not remember that st- that happening at all. Just no sell the hate. <laughs> I've, I've, mate, I've bullied way too many people <laughs> to, to remember something as insignificant as that. Should we get on with the show? What is Fantasy Booking Warfare, Luke? Uh, Fantasy Booking Warfare is where you, the WrestleTalk universe, let us know what scenarios within WWE, past, present and future, that we should book. In the past, we have done Asuka's main roster debut, which a lot of people still ask for. We've done that one. Yeah. Uh, we've broken Hardys. Broken Hardys yeah. we've Finn also Balor done. Balor Club. Have we done Balor Club? We uh, kind of no, did we that sort with of, the sort Broken of did, yeah. yeah. So you did it with the Broken Hardys, didn't did. you? And uh, we've also done uh, Bobby Roode's debut. After Bobby Roode debuted, we were like, let's see if we could book it better. I think we did. Baron Corbin's cash, cash in. in, yes. Where Definitely you, did that Where better. you won because you made Sami Zayn champion. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> But, you know, I've had my fair share of fails, mm. although unrightfully so. I still believe that my... Who won the Kurt Angle one? Uh, you won Kurt Angle, I, I feel think. like oh, you did won I win it? it? Yeah. I, no, I won... I definitely won the Shield reunion, uh, which was awesome. Well, yeah, well, I think mine was better with the Trios <laughs> Championship, of course. It's passionate. It gets passionate. Yeah. But what we also do throughout the month is we do predictions on the pay-per-views. So we will both see who has the better predictions uh, once it's over, who won the more correctly predicted matches. Mm-hmm. I think people know what predictions are. I don't have to keep saying the word no, predictions. No, I, I don't know, mate. You don't know what predictions are? No, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you've explained it to me now. So now I don't know. I, I, I could explain it more. Oh, okay. Yeah, please do. If, uh, it's when you take an educated guess, your best educated guess, mm-hmm. at a future result of something. Okay, cool. A yeah, future yeah. outcome, I should say. It doesn't have to be just results. Yeah, I like it. So... We have been doing those. Of course, we had SummerSlam last month. I won overall. Mm-hmm. I had the most predictions and fantasy booking warfare collated wins. In fact, I only won one week. Yep. The month before that, however, mm-hmm. you won. I did win because I won the Money in the Bank lunchbox. Which um, which had my deep secret in, which was... Uh, I mean, you can find out for yourself by going back in the episodes. I don't want to bring that up again. Just a quick Google search. Yeah, and uh, or just look at my Twitter profile picture. <laughs> yeah, I'm really ashamed of it. Having my Twitter profile picture uh, as the screenshot from it. But uh, yeah, now this is the rubber match, I suppose. I don't know what we're going to do for October. Hopefully it will be even bigger. Wrestle Talk universe shattering. But for now, uh, we have a forfeit for this month. You know, what we're playing for. And... It is courtesy of Chop the Viking on Twitter. They tweeted me in this and they suggested the loser has to record a cover version of a WWE theme. Like it. Yeah, because so. at the, we are living in a real golden age of wrestling theme tunes where it feels like virtually everyone's got a great one. Mm. And um, even even the ones that aren't that great, you're still like, I can see the benefit in it, though. But are we living through it, though, or has it now finished? Because we did have one for about two years, but now all the new music, Jason, Jordan, Emma, 
Baron Corbin. What the but, hell's but, going on? But Jason Jordan's remarkably has come full circle now because now they like they keep adding to it. And now it sounds less like farty trumpets, mm. and now it's got like a bit of a rap to it, and it sounds a bit more uh, mid card. Yeah, it, yeah, because that's what you want. Well, that's what it sounds. Well, okay, bear in mind entrance. though, like bear in mind previously, it sounded like a TNA knockoff. Mm. Now it sounds like a WWE mid card theme. So you're like, oh, well, that's a good step up. We're we're going in the right direction here. I don't understand the reference. I don't know what a TNA is. Oh, sorry, a GFW knockoff. Yeah, oh, oh, okay, I yeah. get you now. I get you. Well. Maybe not for long, though. Hmm. Uh, but that's another. That's by the by. Uh, we're rambling. That is the point of the podcast. But the uh, you got burn it down, Seth Rollins. That's yep. another yep. little little tinkering. Ooh, Kingslayer. Or you could have had the better version. <laughs> so the way we're going to decide what theme tune you would like us to cover, of course, this is with our voices. We, I mean, you can play the the drums. Yes, I'm badly. Grade, I'm grade two on keyboard. That's uh, really impressive. That's that, is that impressive? No, 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 no. Is that, is that no, no, rubbish? No, no, you've done this before. Great. It goes up like the higher <laughs> the grade, the bigger the number, the better yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, I think okay. It stops at grade eight. Sorry, I do apologise. Yeah. So this is. Well, like... I, I look at it like the Premier League. No. Like the the more the higher up the number is, or the lower rather the number is, the better you are. But possibly look at it in terms of school years. You know, you start off in grade one. But that doesn't maybe... make you rubbish. Or oh, it makes you. Less intelligent, uh, less maybe. Intelligent. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe you learn more things. I, w- I would, I would hazard to guess that the, the grade eighter, the, mm-hmm. the eighth grader, will be better. So what you're saying is that you're th- saying that uh, grade two piano is the GFW bootleg music. Sure, yeah, that's me. I passed by playing uh, Coldplay's Clocks mm-hmm. and hit a drum fill in there because <laughs> <laughs> it was on the keyboard, that's not a piano. Yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, like that was part of an exam. Like you, you got to hit the drum fill at the right time. F this. <laughs> uh, the sorry, that was kind of a swear. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was three letters off of one. I apologise. But yeah, so what we're gonna do? So they have to be vocals. You can't just say cover like Shinsuke Nakamura's theme. Yeah, or Dean Ambrose's music. Leather jacket, leather jacket, and jeans. Too early. I I I think I could have fun with Nakamura. Yeah. It would just be it'll be a very awkward video of me air guitaring. <laughs> like you mean like Hulk Hogan's old entrance theme? Yeah. Or like, any of his WCW entrances where we, he used to play the big gold belt like it was a guitar. Well, one day maybe we'll add lyrics to to things. Yeah. But for now, it's just to uh, choose a WWE theme with vocals from past as well, past, present. Can't do future because no, we don't that, know. Yeah, that doesn't work. You're not you're not prognosticators, but just past and present will be fine. And comment those in the in the uh, comment section. Mm-hmm. Where else? Uh, and if you see one you like that someone's already commented, press the thumbs up button on that comment because then we'll we'll pick the five top voted comments on this video, and then we'll put that out to a vote on a news episode next week. People can vote in the poll, and we can do it that way. So yeah. Do you have any um, suggestions of songs that you'd like to see uh, in the in the comments? Okay, well, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here because obviously I would want a, me. I would want a good song. Mm-hmm. I would want a glorious. Uh, I'm trying to think of God. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, but the I'm glad I asked. I but as a viewer, I would like to see us take on something terrible. Mm. So, uh, who was it? Was it uh, who had really really bad entrance music? Was it Layla or was it Michelle McCall? Oh, Michelle McCall. Yeah. You're not enough for me. That one. Yeah. Yeah. That so was pretty that bad. one. Stephanie McMahon. I can't believe one. I remembered that. Mm. Uh, 
you know, something potentially embarrassing. Like, I'm not like most girls because obviously we're guys. That is, that is a tune, though. That is a that great is, that song. That is a great That's song. a great song. Or uh, I'm an ass man. You know, you can watch it. <laughs> That's say, also a great song. Sexy Kurt. Yeah. Uh, the Shawn Michaels version. What about you? Uh, I mean, I'm all, some of my favourite theme tunes of all time. Uh, the Big Boss Man's entrance music. Mm-hmm. I love that. Hard Times, that's a great song. Uh, Sting's old entrance music in WCW, A Man Called Sting, that was great. Uh, Chris Jericho's first WCW theme was also awesome. It was like a proper 80s power ballads uh, song. bit like um, uh, the Canellis' is, is, uh, sure. theme song. So yeah, uh, modern day, um, I would certainly look to something like the Canellis's um, or... Um, Ask has got a pretty badass theme song and that's got lyrics to it, although I don't know what those lyrics are. Yeah, I was trying to play it in my head. I just yeah. know the the opening chords. The problem is, and we're gonna we're gonna do the whole song. Mm. That entrance music is only really made for that yeah. first minute. Oh, do you know what? Else? So it's gonna get quite <laughs> dire in the last two gonna, thirds yeah. of it. Especially as well, because if you do go back into the the archives of WWE music mm. and you do get things like uh, you get the Jim Johnson era, where he would only write for um, a walk down to the aisle and a celebration in the ring, and then but there still has to be that second verse. Which always it's always rubbish for the anthology release. For the anthology release, the Undertaker really suffered from that, you know, because he went he had like Rolling. I don't think, think you can't really choose songs that are like uh, other songs. Mm. So you couldn't choose like Edge's music when he had Rob Zombie. As much as I would love that, because Rob Zombie is the best. But you, uh, when Undertaker when he stopped having Rolling and then had his own theme song, and it was You've done it now, gonna made a big mistake. You're giving them the, the, <laughs> the payoff already. That's a great one though. But at the end, in that second second verse it has a line where he's like always kicking asshole ass <laughs> perfect dreadful lyric writing well should we get on with the fantasy booking warfare well, challenge before today? we've oh, got to, got to got bring up bit? we have to bring up uh, crap gimmicks okay something we want to, oh, okay something we want to address on the in, uh, in the crap gimmick hall of fame our crap gimmick federation we've had a lot of you come back to us with your crap gimmicks and they've all been fantastic but i did want to clarify some of the criteria that I mm. feel that would make a uh, that makes an acceptable crap gimmick. We're still figuring it out ourselves. So Absolutely, don't, it's yeah. not your fault. It's our fault. So not outlining it properly. Exactly. For example, A two J got in touch with me on Twitter to say, and this is it's quite a funny gimmick, mm. but it doesn't work within our, the, our crap gimmick Hall of Fame, which is crap gimmick guy with normal name, i.e. John Smith, and his gimmick is he's your friend who doesn't like wrestling. And he would come down to the ring and say, all of this is dumb and fake. And he moves out of the way of the people's elbow. And, for instance, when Mankind does the mandible claw, he just bites down on the hand. Uh, in, a, in an ODQ match, he goes straight for a chair or a low blow. Crap gimmick, yes, that is a very, very crap gimmick. It's awful. Well it's, it is awful. But it would never happen as a gimmick. Whereas the fishmonger... Mm would be a gimmick that could appear on television. I mean, they had a dentist, for God's sake. It was Kane. Yeah, Vince McMahon wouldn't... You've got to think, like, Vince McMahon might go, that's great! And, but it would yeah. it'd be terrible for everyone else. Exactly. The Butcher, which was the one we had on last week's show before I hit my microphone, that was a crap gimmick that mm. possibly could have appeared on television. That was awful until we made but, it better. It got with, over with us. With sausages made of bricks. It got, so that's the... It's got to it's be over with Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So, like, it has to 
be actually conceivable he's, he, it can happen. He's the top brass that you've got to impress. But it's not got to get over with us. Those are the two <laughs> rules. Because we're the booking committee. Yeah, we, we cannot find any positives in your crap gimmick. And then maybe one day we'll have the first member of the crap wrestling roster. But for now, let's do some fantasy booking warfare. So when we do Fantasy Booking Warfare, winners go first. I won last time with the Bobby Roode glorious debut, so I do get to go first this time round. Mm. And this week's topic, if you've already forgotten, is Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. So for my starting point, we are at the current present day in WWE. So Shane McMahon has been suspended. If I double check... Yes. Uh, so Shane has been suspended indefinitely. Okay, and Vince has announced that he's coming to TV the following week. So my Fantasy Booking Warfare starts this coming Tuesday. Okay, so Vince comes to SmackDown and confirms that Shane is indeed suspended indefinitely. He says that officials should never put their hands on performers. He's a commissioner. He should be respectful for them. And an interim commissioner will be announced very soon. Backstage, Vince is leaving. He's walking back to his limo and Chad Gable comes up to him. And Chad Gable says that he respects Vince. Of course he does. He respects Vince, but not his decision. He says that Kevin Owens provoked Shane. Shane didn't do it out of like didn't do it out of spite. Kevin Owens provoked him into doing it. Vince calmly reiterates his point about how officials should not put their hands on any of the performers and goes to walk away. And under his breath, Chad Gable goes, "I mean, it's not like you never put your hands on a wrestler." Oh, crowd pop. Vince stops in his tracks, turns round, and is like. What did you say? Chad Gable shoulders up, puff chests out, and repeats his point and says, you used to put your hands on wrestlers. Uh, And Gable says that Shane should be unsuspended and he will fight for him. Vince says, says, oh, it's fine. If Gable wants a fight, he'll get a fight. And walks away. Next week, Vince comes out again and announces that a new commissioner will be decided after Survivor Series. He is setting up a match where Kevin Owens will lead a team and Chad Gable will lead a team. If Gable wins, Shane can come back. If Kevin Owens wins, he gets to pick the new SmackDown commissioner. And over the next few weeks in the lead up to Survivor Series, the teams are revealed. Kevin Owens' team consists of himself, Dolph Ziggler, Aiden English, Eric Rowan and Bassa Corbin. Whereas uh, Chad Gable's team consists of himself, Shelton Benjamin, AJ Styles, Luke Harper and Bobby Roode. So we're at Survivor Series. It's during the match. It's a big match. Big time feel. Shane McMahon's career is on the line, essentially. Um, And during the match, Bobby Roode takes a pop-up powerbomb and lands awkwardly. And the referee pushes everyone back, pushes him away, and says, he's got to get out. He's got to take him out of the ring. Stretcher job comes out. They stretcher him out. Match continues. Uh, it comes down to Gable and Owens, and Owens is just beating down uh, Gable. Pop-up powerbombs doing these moves. Gable keeps kicking out. He just won't give up. Commentators are putting, putting this over huge. Like, Gable just will not give up. Out comes a groggy Bobby Roode. Starts stumbling down to the ring. He's there to help out his team. Commentators are putting this over huge about how great this is that Bobby Roode has come back to help this out. And he gets onto the apron and goes for the tag. Gable walks over, goes to the tag. Bobby drops down and has a wicked smile on his face. Chad Gable, confused, turns around, pop-up powerbomb, Kevin Owens wins, Owens and Rude get into the ring and celebrate together. So we're now on SmackDown the following week after Survivor Series, Owens and Rude reveal themselves as the glorious prize fighters, two former NXT champions who are going to dominate SmackDown. 
Owen says that because of people like Chris Jericho and AJ Styles, he's forgotten why he came to WWE in the first place, and that is to make money. And you make money by being a champion. But he, because Shane hated him, he couldn't be a champion. And if Shane came back, he'd never be a champion again. And Bobby would never be a champion because Shane doesn't believe in people like us. Uh, he says that he, he and Bobby should be ruling over SmackDown. And they're going to announce their new SmackDown commissioner. Doom! Time to play the game. Out comes Triple H. Triple H is the new SmackDown Live commissioner. Now this plays obviously into the Triple H Kevin Owens storyline that we sort of got last year but didn't really play up into anything. And also Triple H's praising of Bobby Roode, saying that he is the next Triple H and all this sort of stuff. So Triple H is now the new SmackDown Live commissioner. Gable and Benjamin come out and challenge them for a match. And Triple H says, yeah, that's fine. If you, you guys want to have a match, you can do. But it's going to be for the number one contendership to the tag team titles. So later on, the main event, it's Gable and Benjamin versus the Glorious Prize Fighters. And uh, blah, 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 blah. and uh, anyway, during the match... Oh, sorry, one other point. In fact, actually, it's because I've messed my notes up a little bit here. This also plays into, because this imagine these backstage segments, the rivalry between Triple H and Daniel Bryan. Having to work together, the backstage skits you'll get that. And also, Triple H has a new assistant. Oh, you didn't know? So Triple H has got his own little lackey, the Road Dog, there taking notes. The writer playing into the fans' hatred of Road Dog as it is, because everyone hates Road Dog for ruining SmackDown. So anyway, uh, the main event it is Gable and Benjamin versus the Glorious Prize Fighters, and G- Gable and Benjamin win. However, Triple H comes out with a microphone and says, "Like, Shelton Benjamin wasn't holding the tag rope when you made that tag. That's an illegal tag. This match has to continue." And uh, Kevin Owens wins by holding on to the tights. They win. Triple H says nothing. Obviously not. It's his boys. They're now the new number one contenders. Uh, so uh, and then we, the December pay-per-view, I don't know what it is. We'll say it's Backlash. The uh, the glorious prize fighters win the tag team championships. They're now the new SmackDown Live tag team champions. We come to the Royal Rumble. So we're now in January, the end of January. Where it's, you know, we've had all these months now of, of Triple H and, and Bobby Roode and Kevin Owens. They're calling the shots. So we're in the Royal Rumble. Owens and Roode are working together. The glorious pro fighters, they're going to be the final two. That's their plan. And then from out of nowhere, over the barricade, so you don't really see it, just through the crowd, Shane McMahon runs through the arena, jumps into the uh, Royal Rumble, throws Kevin Owens out, gets the hell out of Dodge. And you've got Triple H running down the ringside going, like, how the hell did he get in here? Absolutely furious. Kevin Owens is obviously incensed he's been thrown out of the royal rumble so smackdown live the following after the after the royal rumble and kevin owens is very very unhappy but triple h says that he'll fix it him and road dog they're going to get this sorted out they'll fix this later that night uh gable and benjamin become the new number one contenders again due to shane mcmahon interference he jumps over the barricade helps them out and and they're now the new number one contenders uh triple h tries to overturn the call he comes out to give his like no 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 that was interference i'm restarting this match but as he's saying it his mic is cut off and he can't the graphic comes up on smackdown so the show's over he can't restart the match now and backstage the final shot we see of that smackdown live is daniel bryan in the production truck telling them to cut the microphone off so, okay, now we're at Elimination Chamber, and Triple H is there, and they, we have this show-long storyline of Triple H making sure that Shane McMahon does not get into this arena, and him and Daniel Bryan are going around and speaking to all the security guards, saying, like, he is not allowed into this arena. Um, as we've got this big match between Gable and Benjamin and the Glorious Prize Fighters, Gable and Benjamin win the tag team belts, because why? Shane McMahon jumped over the barricade and interfered within the match. So Triple H is furious, he's 
berating the security guard that clearly let him in. And Daniel Bryan's there and he shakes his head as well. As Triple H walks off, Daniel Bryan slips him the money. And then he walks off. He paid the security guard to let Shane in. So here we are now, SmackDown Live, following the Elimination Chamber. We're in the lead-up to WrestleMania now. Kevin Owens says that he wants Shane McMahon. He's fuming at Shane McMahon. He eliminated from the Royal Rumble, and now he's no longer the tag team champion. Triple H says he can't do it. I can't do this sort of thing. During a random match on SmackDown, so I'm not saying who's in the match, but during a match on SmackDown, Shane McMahon again jumps over the barricade with his new tag team champions. It's meant to make this feel very chaotic. Almost think like um, Scott Hall making his debut on Nitro. It's just during a match, it feels unpredictable. So he comes out and he says that he wants his job back. Triple H comes out with his posse and he says that's not going to happen. What music hits? But no chance in hell. Vince McMahon returns, or Mr. McMahon I should say, returns again and he says he's full of piss and vinegar. And he says that this has all gotten out of hand. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I asked for for SmackDown Live. And this will end at WrestleMania. And it will be a three-on-three ladder match where the winner takes all. So in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, uh, Kevin Owens, and, and this is kind of like my build for the match. So they'll probably, you know, they'll have the usual sort of like tag matches, singles matches, this, that, and the other. But the real key th- uh, to the, the build for this Mania match is between Kevin Owens and Shane, where they're going to be cutting promos on each other, similar to the Cena Roman promos that we've been having recently, where they're saying shoot comments, but in a scripted format, but they meant to feel very real. So they're cutting very deep, talking about how Shane McMahon left WWE to start all these ventures overseas that all failed and that he's a failure and he's only come crawling back because he had nothing left. This this is his last vessel. And all, he's only doing this because he wants to get the power off of Triple H. And Triple H is the, you know, he's the right person to be leading this company. Whereas uh, Shane McMahon's going to be bringing up things like, you know, you were Universal Champion and when you were, Raw ratings were dropped. You're not a draw as a champion. That's why I never put you in championship matches. This kind of thing. So they're building into like real life tensions. So we're at the Mania. It's an epic match. It's a ladder match. It's a ladder match featuring Shane McMahon, of all people, and Shelton Benjamin. So it's an absolutely insane ladder match. Lots of high spots, all batters and bruised. It's coming towards the end of it now, and Triple H motions to the back. Who should run out? Break it down. DX uh, run down. So the Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and X-Park, all in their DX gear, try to run down, and they start beating up the good guys. And then Flight of the Valkyries kicks up. And, sh- and Daniel Bryan comes out, yes chance, all around the arena. And he's got a steel chair. And he comes out and starts whacking people with a steel chair, chasing off the bad guys. The good guys win. Shane McMahon is commissioner of SmackDown Live once again. Now, I was going to end it there. And I may still end it there. Because I do have sort of a build-up into uh, SummerSlam. But I'm going to stop it there. <laughs> Should I? Because my worry is that people are going to complain that that's not building to Shane versus Kevin Owens. What I actually built was a very different storyline so i will finish this off i will finish off because otherwise i think people will complain otherwise um after wrestlemania owens is traded back to raw following the following that night but he's a very different kevin owens now he's not the bravado kevin owens that he once was he's now a very quiet solemn man he just wins his matches and he leaves he doesn't ask for opportunities he doesn't ask for title matches he just gets booked in squash matches comes down pop up power bomb walks out again he's not the prize fighter anymore so the, this is going on for, for months. We're now in the months leading up to SummerSlam. All of a sudden, he just shows up out of the crowd and starts beating up Shane McMahon. Pop-up powerbomb, beats him hither and yonder, starts tearing up SmackDown. All of a sudden, all this built-up and pent-up rage of Kevin Owens has been let loose. And it's been let loose now because we're at the one-year anniversary where Shane screwed him out of his United States Championship win at SummerSlam 2016. And as all builds up to their eventual one-on-one match at SummerSlam. 
It's a good job I did add that little bit on the end there. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, so my fantasy booking is kind of the opposite way round, whereas you kept everything going into the feud and then booked something afterwards. I've kind of changed everything since after WrestleMania to oh, now. Oh, okay, interesting. So I, I retcon stuff. Now, just before we start things, I'll say my aims here. As you know, I won't because that kind of reveals uh, what where it's going. Okay, mm. so cast your mind back to April, the night after, Re- or actually two weeks after WrestleMania. The superstar Shake-Up. The, with the Superstar Shake-Up. And Kevin Owens has drafted the SmackDown. But Kevin Owens was embroiled in this bitter feud against Chris Jericho. He never got a chance to have his Universal title rematch, which unfortunately is a contractually obliged thing but uh you know i don't like that booking stipulation but the fact is it's there kevin owens is owed one so when kevin owens came comes over the smackdown he goes right up to shane and says i'll have my universal title shot at the next pay-per-view please and shane's like well well this is a different brand this is a different title and over here we earn our championship opportunities and owens is like i have earned my championship opportunity I was the freaking champion. I'm contractually owed this. And he's like, like it's different, different thing, different thing. 
So Shane puts him in that fatal five-way number one contenders match, the one that Jinder loses. And it's just, it's... Wait, it's oh, sorry. Sorry, that Jinder wins, I mean. Uh, so it's uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Jinder Mahal, and like Dolph Ziggler and Mojo Rawley. So it's like, it pretty look, it looks like Kevin Owens is going to win this. But Sami Zayn and him are kept apart for ages. Sami Zayn's just moved over from Raw with him. Uh, but at the end of the match, you're just like, let's go for it. And they're, they're going at it because they intensely hate each other. And during that, Jinder gets a pin out of nowhere. One, two, three. And Kevin Owens is just looking at this victorious Jinder like, oh, no, what have I done? He's furious. And he, he goes up to Shane, of course. And he's like, you know, this was ridiculous. It was, it was a five-person match. I'm, I don't have to fight for the number one contendership. I am one let alone a five-person rather than a one-on-one. So Shane's like, well, next up, we've got money in the bank coming up. He's like, oh, okay, I'll do that then. So at money in the bank, Owens gets kayfabe injured during the match. So he's not really injured, but he, he, he pretends that he actually is during a ladder spot near the end. And because Owens is injured, Baron Corbin wins. So that also plays out as it was, but the Owens stuff is slightly different. And of course, KO is now not only furious He's not got his number one contenders rematch that he's that he's entitled to. Shane put him in a really dangerous match to, to earn it. And like now Owens is like, this, he's against me, this guy. While he's out, uh, so he's just off TV for about a month or so just to, you know, keep things nice and fresh and new characters. Uh, he, he goes to interview babyface wrestlers who've also been screwed by McMahons. Mm-hmm. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, CM Punk. Thing is, oh, hang on. thing is, you know that would make Owens look like a bit of a baby face. So he doesn't interview CM Punk. He interviews CM Junk. <laughs> he interviews lukewarm Steve Austin, and he's just there. He's interviewing them. You know, he b- builds it up as CM Punk, but it cuts to like a, an impersonator or something. And Owens effectively says, like each interview ends with, "Yeah, but you deserve to be screwed." And, you know, he riles on these fan favourites, making him, he's the heel. And then Owens goes, I did not deserve to be screwed. That's why we're different here. I can't learn anything from you. So you have those uh, those little, I think that'd be nice, little promo bits and skits. So when he comes back, Shane's like, okay, you can have a, uh, a match for the US title uh, at SummerSlam. You know, because, you you know, you have, you are... You are a, a valued talent and you should get something for the automatic re, um, rematch cause. And Owens is like, you're not getting this. I want a shot at the main title, but whatever. I'll beat AJ and then I'll beat Jinder for the WWE Championship as well afterwards. I'll be a dual champion. How are you like that? So it's AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens at SummerSlam. This is their first encounter. We don't have to sit through all of that refereeing rubbish. And, you know, if they were just told to go out there and have a great match at SummerSlam, rather than this four-match feud that got worse with every encounter. I think they can have a corker. Anyway, there's a ref bump near the end, and KO, Kevin Owens, gets the US title belt. Hits AJ with it, knocks him out. Referee makes the three count when he comes to. Kevin Owens wins the US title. Shane McMahon walks out. No, 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 no. We're not having that here. Kevin Owens, you're not allowed to use the belt. Restart the match. This is This is a SmackDown match. We don't let championships change hands like that. And Owens is just screaming at Shane at the top of uh, the entrance ramp. And he turns round straight into a phenomenal forearm. AJ pins him and retains. On the post-SummerSlam episode of SmackDown, 
Owens is furious at Shane. So McMahon's like, okay, you're in the number one contenders match for the WWE title. It's Nakamura, Orton, AJ, and you. It's a fatal four-way next week. So next week, uh, it's a big deal because this it's being sort of built up as the next chapter in SmackDown because we've had SummerSlam. That was the end of one. Now we're building the next chapter. So Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan are at ringside for this match, doing a bit of commentary. And uh, for, for the end of the match, KO puts AJ through the announcer's table outside. And then he sees the US title um, for, from AJ's and he picks it up. Brian on commentary is like, Shane, Shane, he's got the belt, he's got the belt. McMahon puts off his headset, goes and just grabs the belt and says, you're not using this, Owens. And Owens, they're just like having a bit of a tugging match. Meanwhile, in the ring, because I love KO finishes, Nakamura just hits Randy Orton with a knee. Not a Kinshasa, just a knee. Orton falls down. The irony is Orton's been knocked out from out of nowhere. And Nakamura gets the pin. Three, one, two, three. Nakamura wins, just like how it's played out in in actual life and as it happens because Owens doesn't even realise that's that's happening because you know it wasn't like a big finishing move the crowd weren't reacting that way he's struggling with the belt and then he looks over he sees that he's lost his latest number one contenders match looks over at Shane and he's just furious and the commentator's like we've got a new number one contender it's Nakamura and what's going to happen between Shane and Owens we're running out of time, people. You know, do the old WCW actually end on a cliffhanger, the height of dramatic action, rather than, you know, two minutes after the, the dramatic action, where when someone walks up a ramp holding their hand up in the air. So, um, find out next week what happens. Next week, the show opens with... Uh, uh, they played what happened after we went off air last week and it's KO screaming at McMahon Brian gets in between them loads of security run down to hold Owens back and Owens is just screaming I'll kill you I'll kill you and the commentator's like we'll hear from them later in the show but tonight's main event is a tag team match between these people and these people doesn't matter but when it's time for the main event Kevin Owens walks out he hasn't been heard from so he he missed his slot to do the previous bit where he has a a one-on-one with Shane and he he says He's calling out Shane in the ring for this when the main event's meant to take place. Referee walks down off mic. is like, this, this is a match. We, we can't do this now. And Owens just looks at him and says in the mic, you'll do. And he picks him up and delivers a package pile driver. Mm. His old finisher from Ring of Honor. And the announcers are going mad. And the referee's just lying there. You know, you don't see a pile driver that often at all in WWE. I think the last one I saw was John Cena and CM Punk on Raw. And, ev- like, it's 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 like he's dead. Like, everyone is reacting like Owens has just killed a referee. And then KO just picks him up again and holds him in position. So he's got him between his legs. And he's shouting, I can do this all night. And it cuts backstage. And Shane McMahon is walking to Gorilla. Loads of people are trying to stop him. Like, this is what he wants you to do. Then Brian stands in front of him and effectively does the promo we did on SmackDown on Tuesday. And he says, you can't get physical with him. You're the commissioner of SmackDown. Uh, send, just send down security. And Shane McMahon, all noble-like, says, I am the commissioner. And that's why that referee's health is on my responsibility. So Shane walks out there. KO throws aside the ref and taunts Shane. Loads of medical personnel run down to the referee. And uh, he does the kids line. It's kind of like the, the promo exchange they had on SmackDown. McMahon says, don't do that. Don't don't bring up my kids. KO says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I won't bring kids into this. You're right. I'm a dad as well. That's why as a dad, I can see how Vince sees you. 
which is just an attention-grabbing brat. I wouldn't raise my kids like Vince has raised you, Shane. You just want to keep impressing your dad. Effectively a bit more cutting version of what they did. Uh, meanwhile, Brian's come out and he's begging Shane on the mic to like, just come to the back. The referee's been intended to. You don't need to be out there. But, you know, Shane's caught up in this anger now. He's just look. He's just waiting for a chart. Like, he just wants to be provoked. And KO's continuing. Uh, it says, you're all about moments, Shane. About jumping off the Titan, Sean. About jumping off Hell in a Cell. I'll give you a moment. I'll give you your last moment. Your last big death-defying leap. Me ending your career. Maybe then your daddy will love you when you're crippled in a hospital bed. And then, you know, ooh. And then Owen says, and maybe... Maybe many years from now, your son will come after me and I can cripple him too. And that's that's the line. That's the line when Shane just goes for him, understandably. He's throwing punches and KO just covers up. And we kind of mentioned this on the Wrestle Ramble. I sort of said what I would have done instead. KO then starts laughing, hopefully blooded, just a little bit of blood. So you get that lovely manic grin through some blood. Blood capsule, totally fine. And uh, Shane stops and he realises what he's done. Like he's like, I've I've laid my hands on him. And the show ends with KO shouting that he's going to sue Shane. He's going to sue WWE for all they're worth. Brian's like holding his head in his hands. Shane's mortified. Next week, Vince McMahon agrees to fire Shane and put KO in his place as acting commissioner to avoid legal suits. Now, OK, so that's just the, the main event of that week. The week after, finally... It's the Kevin Owens show. It is the full-on Kevin Owens show. The opening montage is just all Kevin Owens clips with the SmackDown theme. The then, now, forever is just different pictures of Kevin Owens. <laughs> He's uh, the LCD ring apron and the ring poster is Kevin Owens' face. Kevin Owens' name everywhere. Uh... And he's sitting backstage in his makeshift office, being the new commissioner. He's giving all the heels the best matches. Oh, Sami Zayn hasn't got anything to do tonight. Four-on-one handicap match. It's just stuff like that, real heelish stuff. There's a bit of commentary, maybe some ring announcing. At one point, he's seen just talking to someone. So on the phone and says, yeah, it went perfectly. Plan went perfectly. Remember that for later. Everything's in place for the bigger plan. And then he promotes the next uh, next week as a big main event well he'll take on everyone because i'm kevin owens i'm the commissioner you know totally healing that up now the week after it's still the ko show you still get the entrance it's too too good a gimmick to not do a bit more of Sami Zayn is buried again and the main event this big main event that owens promised is him in a gauntlet match so ko just stands in the middle and Jobber after Jobber comes out and he beats them. Does a bit on the mic between each bit. Remember how Punk did in the Royal Rumble that year? And he's just destroying them. The last one, he hits that second package pile driver on. Every like the medical staff said it like it's dead. It's a big deal again. Everyone's going crazy. And then Brian's music hits, right of the Valkyries, and he says, You may be the acting commissioner, Owens but I'm still the GM. I'm still the general manager and I've signed the hottest free agent to a wrestler's contract and he'll be your last opponent. Ladies and gentlemen, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon uh, runs down through the crowd. Still one from you. And uh, starts beating him down like a madman, gets a chair, runs after Owen, security break them up. Next week is back to a normal SmackDown and Vince in crazy fashion because father of the year. He says, you can have your job back, Shane, as SmackDown commissioner if you beat Kevin Owens at Hell in a Cell, which is the next SmackDown pay-per-view after SummerSlam. 
Uh, they have a contract signing. Nothing's on the line for KO. Of course, that could be one criticism here. But he, he's what's on the line for him is he wants to end Shane's career. And he knows he can do it in a Hell in a Cell match. I will have your last moment, Shane. Uh, make sure your kids are watching from ringside. Mm -hmm. So you get another scuffle there. Hell in a Cell... Uh, I, I thought you could have a few SmackDown baby faces and Sami Zayn cheering on Shane from ringside. Not from ringside, but just from outside the cell. Just a bit of smoke and mirrors for Shane's lack of wrestling ability. And uh, the big spot at the end is a gimmicked... I mean, maybe you can come up with a different one. The best one I could do was the gimmick spot where KO pop-up power bombs Shane through the top of the cage. <laughs> And and has the soft landing in the ring when you like a, what was the Foley one in two thousand one? They they, they regimmick the, uh, the the ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then KO does a bullfrog splash through the the hole he's made. That might be some WWE two K eighteen stuff. So I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to leave that. But the point is, it's a big moment. It's the last moment that KO ends Shane McMahon. KO wins uh, the, the epilogue. The next night, Owen says it's too hectic being acting commissioner. Uh, my last action is to make myself number one contender for the WWE Championship. So he got what he wanted. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura would have won the belt from Jinder the previous night at Hell in a Cell or two nights previously. And the new commissioner of SmackDown is Triple H. Because, just as you yeah. said. And that's who he was on the phone with all mm -hmm. those weeks ago. Uh, because... That that's um you know ties in with the the bit you said in when Owens first won the Universal Championship. Now you don't want to heal this. Would Triple H would only be the commissioner? He wouldn't be around all the time and just show up every now and again. SmackDown would still that's this is the important bit. SmackDown would still be a babyface show. That's very important because Brian would be uh, general manager and this would build to the match they'll never do in WWE, which is Triple H versus Shane one on one at WrestleMania 34 because of the backstage clash and, you know, all, all that MacGuffin stuff going on. That's my pitch. I really liked yours. I was, I was a bit unsure about it at first, mm. but it was the big reveal of the Kevin Owens show where I thought, like, that, that's, that's, a, that's a really strong uh, story point. Uh, I really like that as well. Um, interesting that we both went with the Triple H mm. uh, angle. Um, we probably should have said like at the start again when we talk about how we prepare for fantasy booking warfare which is that usually we text each other 24 hours ahead of time and then write it 10 minutes before we come in so we both got the same amount of time yeah we both yeah. have the same amount of time but we both um, don't use it wisely mm. but it's just I find it very interesting that some like, that you said earlier like, we always go in completely different directions and again we went in very different directions but we're kind of like with peppered throughout um, trying to you like trying to mm. pick up storylines and it was funny as well when i was listening to yours because I, I liked the fact that you went back to mania and kind of retconned a, a couple of things post mania it reminded me of um you know the butterfly effect yeah um, whenever he goes into a new version of reality and then sits and goes like Aah! and like all the, the flashing images coming i felt like that's what was happening to me yeah not i was going like but i was getting all it's these flash <laughs> yeah, i was getting all these flashing images in and i was like oh my god and ashton kutcher's got no legs i uh I liked yours from the outset. Yeah. I loved the Chad Gable bit. <laughs> yeah. I loved yeah, it. I don't was... know, if, like, I ordered, didn't, because I try not to speak when you're talking, mm, because I yeah. want you to have your whole pitch by yourself. 
but you said that, and I just went, "That's good." I did the exact uh, same thing because I I try and stay silent. I managed to keep myself silent out mm-hmm. but at one point again, oh, "That's good." Yeah, and you went you went for the full on. I mean, that's a long build as well. That's that's meaty. Uh, but that was... I liked I liked Shane running through the crowds, and they like the the inclusion of Road Dog was mm. very smart I would, I would never have thought of that yeah that came quite late in the day because I wanted like, to pitch him as like and they would call him mm. like the writer and he can still go and he could still go you yeah. know he would be there in his like suit and tie and stuff like mm. that not doing the oh you didn't know because that would just make people boo even yeah. more yeah because I'd, I'd have liked to have seen like corporate road dog yeah it would have been, it'd be very, really interesting yeah it was it was a, an addition but it was only until I got to Mania where I suddenly thought Oh, I'm not really booked. Have I booked Kevin Owens versus mm. Shane? So that would be my main criticism. Yeah, of I, was like, I was like, have I booked Kevin Owens or have I booked Triple H versus Shane mm. with some people on the outside? Yeah, it's easy to fall into that trap. Yeah, it was a little booking. bit. And I think that that is my criticism of my own booking <laughs> as well. Is that I'm not sure that I stuck to the... Um, although, uh, on that, just to pick up on the last fantasy booking warfare that we did, uh, a lot of people didn't vote for mine in the end. Because they said I'm not voting for yours is uh, because the uh, the what you had on the thumbnail was that it was Bobby Roode's yeah, yeah, SmackDown yeah, yeah. debut, whereas I ended up booking him on Raw, mm. and other people were like you didn't fill the, you didn't fulfill the brief. You still won though. I still won. You still saying, won. It would have been by a wider margin. There was those two votes that didn't. You're go a my sore way. winner. That's what you're being <laughs> right now. Intense, intense fantasy book and warfare. Those were two very, very good. I mean, I'd obviously I don't want to overpraise my my own there, but I would certainly praise yours. Two very, very good uh, fantasy booking scenarios. I will, I will praise yours. Yours was good. Uh, I well, That's thank you, mate. thanks, man. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't mention it on the show, but I was going to run a gimmick where we were because uh, you mentioned that you. Uh, I'm going to bring back CM Punk, and I was like, Oh come on, you can't just say that. That's an insta win. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I brought back CM Punk. I'm going and and by the way, Roman Reigns turns heel. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns gets buried on every show and never wins. Kevin Owens joins a faction with Cena, and uh, yeah, Roman Reigns, and they're all heels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. Kenny Omega debuts. Okay. <laughs> and and Stone Cold comes back and wrestles every yeah. week. Uh, yeah, but uh, you said that, and I was going to have a joke in my fantasy book, and was like, you might have noticed, so I've not mentioned the WWE champion. It's because it's Sami Zayn. He's just, he's just constantly yeah. champion. Nice. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot about booking. Or maybe hmm. not booking, because we actually haven't put any of this into practice. But just, just how I would like... Because at the start, you might have noticed... A lot of my pitches, and I think yours as well, were quite fantastical. A lot of factions, a mm-hmm. lot of mystery men. A lot of NXT debuts. Lot of, yeah, a lot of NXT debuts. That was surprises. our go-to gimmick, yeah. Yep. But now I feel like we, we get a feud between... We just get a feud between two people, and we... Or at least I tried to stick to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cutting. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, I was, I'm just speaking from my own experience. And, like, just try and tell characters knocking off against each other mm-hmm. uh yeah i did but I, I i feel like i know a lot more how to approach these things than i did six months ago yeah you as yeah, well i, I agree yeah. yeah absolutely i, I agree like you've, you've and I, I also like that you and i do a very similar thing where we we do very long-term booking like mm. yours ran from uh, april through to uh, november yeah around that yeah. yeah whereas mine ran from like the summer of well, september through to SummerSlam next yeah, year, yeah, a full whole on year, a full on year. Although there was a big gap in the middle. Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's cool. I hope everyone else enjoys it as much as we 
eventually like doing it. <laughs> we, it's horrible at the start, but yeah. once it gets going, it's fun. So let's read out some iTunes reviews. This first one is from... I mean, it's just a bunch of letters. It's wedge, wedge, did, I mean, if this is your last name, rather than you accidentally hitting the keyboard, mm. uh, I apologise. But I'm just going to say Widgeva. Uh They write, Luke is better. Not true. John Cena would be proud of Luke, not Ollie. Woo! Great. Woo! Yeah, Cheers! Unpronounceable name. Yeah. I um, don't understand that. I, I think it's because I do the salute in my videos. Yeah. I... D- I it seems like a very specific reference. A very specific reference. I'm not arguing with the fact that you're better than me. Which is not That's true. totally fine. Just, I, don't, I, just, I just don't understand the, why John Cena's involved. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Will Magnus. It's a good wrestling name. It is, yeah. Magnus. We, I mean, if he debuted as that, though, he'd have been teamed with Brutus Magnus mm. in, uh, in TNA. They write very funnily, dot, 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 review. You, you continue to put the ramble in wrestling... And it's a great success, in my humble opinion. I support Wrestle Talk, and so should you give them a subscribe, or else you'll fall victim to the Bevel Lock. Oh, mate, the Bevel are getting yes. over, yes. Yes. Love that. And finally, let's give a shout out to A7X David, one of the best podcasts you can find. I'm a man of few podcasts. I'm sub to around five active podcasts, and this one here is an absolute must. Ollie and Luke give good in-depth fantasy booking that doesn't feel too smart fan-ish their banter is great and most of all consistency these guys put out so much content that such high quality just like a Carter and Omega <laughs> they deserve six stars keep it up guys and that's David Alejandro from Texas Woo! Woo! cheers David Alejandro I am um, I'm, I'm very envious of David Alejandro though for only subscribing to five active mm. podcasts because I counted at the weekends I subscribed to 41 podcasts yeah, I mean, that's too much. Sure, you can't listen to every episode. Well, it's not. I mean, I, I put something up on Twitter this morning where I, screen, I, I took screen caps of, like, scrolling through my uh, my downloaded episodes. It took six photos for me to see, like, every podcast that I'd got downloaded. And you can only post four on Twitter. Mm. And I was like, I'm not sure how I'm ever going to find the time to, to listen through all of these episodes. But I want to listen to all of those because there's, I've got some, like, I've still got that Jericho uh, 10 years later, the episode that's about Ben yeah, which I've heard is very good. But I'm really, maybe I should just employ your methodology of just li- listening to everything on double speed. That one, and uh, one in, one out. No more than <laughs> ten podcasts are on Ollie's phone. This goes yeah. back to the days when I had a CD player that had five discs. Remember, you'd mm-hmm. press yeah, it. Yeah. I used to have a three-disc one. I was like, oh, this is rubbish. <laughs> Little was that I could never have foreseen the iPod. Yeah. That was a big game changer. But uh, I got one with five CDs, and I would always have... You're going to hate me... Uh, well, maybe not this one. Weezer's Blue Album. The, one of the best albums ever made. Weezer's Pinkerton. I, I, Which is better than Blue Album. No, it is not. That is, that, is a, that is a fallacy. Well, it is, and it's quite roundly uh, agreed to is be better. Is it really? Yeah. By who? By everyone in the music journalism community. I'm, I'm stunned by that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Pinkerton's not a bad album. I think it's very good, actually. Well, it crushed Rivers when he wrote, like, because it didn't, that was his most personal thing he ever put out. Mm. It didn't do as well as the Blue Album, understandably, second album. And uh, he just like sort of went. Ah, mm. they lost the, uh, their bassist. Can't remember his name now. And then they just went back to rocking riffs, doing doing Chad Ash. Yeah, it's better. Than, yeah. It's better than the Green album, and it's probably better than the Red album as well. 
and uh, Maladroit was pretty good. I'm a big Weezer fan. If you, you are a big Weezer yeah, fan, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which to my for my sins because they are crap and they <laughs> they have been for you know like 15 years yeah. now. And I still still listen to the new albums. I'm still like really searching. Uh, you know, occasionally I put out like, such good pork and beans. Yeah. Or uh, if you're wondering, if I want you to, in brackets, I want you to, <laughs> the, the greatest man that ever lived. Yeah. Which, Austin, Austin Aries. Aries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I was a big Weezer fan, but I have that with Primus. I'm a huge Primus fan. Like they're mm. one top three uh, bands. And I'm not sold on their new album yet. I'm like, I, I don't know. I've heard the two tracks that they've released, and I'm like, I keep turning to Kate, turning to my lady partner. I'm like, I want to like these tracks because I don't feel like I can't not like these tracks because I like Primus too much. But I'm not getting on board with these tracks. However, I thought that about Rob Zombie's new album, and eventually, actually, I really got on board with that. I thought it was a great album. Do you want a tip? What's that? Just accept Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's easy. Just, just that bring Taylor Swiftler into your life. It, I've, I've been trying so long, like two weeks now, to learn the cadence of her new song's chorus. Mm. Did you? Uh, what? Look what you made me okay, do. So, look what uh, you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. Funny story. Harder than it sounds. Funny story. I hadn't heard that song, but I'd heard you sing it around the studio so much that I knew what that song was. Oh, yeah. And I still haven't heard it, but I have heard a five-second clip. You know you watch Sunday Brunch on Channel 4 on a Sunday? They have, like, the playlist uh, going into the ad breaks. They had a clip of that there. And I was like, oh, that's the song that Ollie keeps singing around the studio. And I already knew it because, obviously, I hear it. And then my lady partner turned to me. Big Taylor Swift fan was like, I mean, it's not their best work, is it? Oh, come on. And it's I, a very good song. I agree. I mean, but I've only ever liked one Taylor Swift song, though. Which is? Uh, oh, Shake it off, right? No, it's not that one. I didn't like that we one We are never ever getting back together. No, I didn't like that one at all. Uh. It was uh, one where she's talking about, um, oh, never going out of style or something like that. Mm. Um, I think it's just called Style. But that's a very good song. That's a very catchy little pop number. Okay, she's, well. she's no little mix. Anyway, back to the five discs. Sorry, yes, you said so you I had, had those. I believe I had the Bends by Radiohead, and then Great so, album. so those were those were my three solids. And then the, the next two would just be like for new releases, or maybe I just listened to an album solidly for all that time. Uh, I was very lazy, couldn't be bothered to. Anyway, I I apply that to most things in my life. You just have a, a cutoff limit for things. Friends, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to make any more friends. I just say <laughs> I've got 15 I th- friends. I thought you meant the TV show. No, no. <laughs> They've made enough episodes of Friends. Don't do any more. I'm not watching anymore. If you make them, Ollie's not watching them. No, no, no. It's actual real people. Actual real people. I'm not making any. What, so what happened when I came into the picture? Cause I Someone came, went out. Because I came because I came in late in the day. Yeah, Mike went. <laughs> and uh, so, oh yeah, that was our last. That was one. the last one. So we'll see you on Monday for some mailbag fun, maybe a bit of news, and yeah, write some goddamn reviews, people. Love you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.